Yes, indeed, there are more questions than answers. Like, is a sports car driven by a scantily dressed sheep a lamb bikini? Hi, America! (laughs) I love this show. Have I mentioned this before? Hi, America. Hello, world. My name is Adrian Lee, and I'm your host. Welcome to the show, More Questions Than Answers, the only paranormal quiz show anywhere in the world. Each week, my guests and I will search the world's newspapers, websites and TV shows just for you to bring you the very best in paranormal talk radio entertainment and enlightenment. We will then test each other's knowledge of the week's events of the mysterious, strange, supernatural, unusual, bizarre and just plain weird. If you have just tuned in, especially to hear the show, then I admire your taste. If you have just tuned in by accident, then I admire your luck. I am huddled under my quilt with a large flashlight and a nice cup of tea, with tonight's guests somewhere in the barren wildernesses of the Midwest Plains, with the sound of my elderly mother snoring distantly from the room next door. So snuggle under your covers, turn out your lights and hold on tight. The rules are very simple. Points will be awarded randomly for being interesting or for making me laugh or shiver in horror. Extra points will be available for shock and awe value. To help me control my rowdy panel of recidivists and reprobates, I will employ what I have called the inappropriate bell. An example of this would be... The panel have no idea what's coming, and I have no idea what stories they have for tonight's show. What could possibly go wrong? So let me start by introducing our guest panel. Firstly, the mysterious and evanescent Heather Morris. She's been a paranormal investigator for many years, with her own team called Hellhound Investigations, and does all of her best work in the shadows. She is now one of the leading audio and EVP experts with the International Paranormal Society, and brings her knowledge and research skills to tonight's show. Heather was upset this week that she bought some cocaine from Limerick, and discovered that the third and fourth lines were shorter than the others. Welcome to the show, Heather. That's not true. There was a young man from Nantucket. (laughs) We also have with us the analytical and sceptical mind of Kim Gore. Kim is also a talented and valued member of the International Paranormal Society. Kim realised this week that flood defences are a big drain on the country. Welcome (laughs) to the show, Kim. The the snow has been defrosting. There has been floods and plenty of water. Greg, you're a farmer. How many feet of snow makes up an inch of water? What's that roughly? 10 to 12 inches of snow. For one inch of water? one inch of water. Wow. So how comes there's water everywhere? 
It's remarkable. I've never seen anything like it. <laughs> Grounds froze. There's nowhere for it to go. Yeah. I've got, I've got gills developing and web feet. Mind you, I had those before we started. That comes from being born in Dagenham in East London. Finally, on tonight's show, I wish to introduce the calm and unflappable snow expert, Greg Gore. He's married to Kim, and we shall see if this is still the case after tonight's show. Greg is a paranormal investigator and tech expert. He owns and operates more cameras and leads than the BBC outside broadcast department. He is also our producer and sound mixer. Greg used his farming implements to make bread this week, and now he's raking in the dough. Welcome to the show, Greg. <laughs> yeah. We are Series 2, Episode 50. Yay! We should have had yeah, balloons. champagne, ticker tape parades, balloons. balloons. You want balloons. Cake. Kim mentions cake. Balloons. Balloons, balloons, <laughs> cake, cake and balloons. No such thing. I'm sat here looking at a rather tired soda. Heather's got her chewing gum out. Puts it in again. Fabulous. There are, of course, 50 states in the United States. The show Hawaii Five O is so called because Hawaii was the 50th state. Did you know that? No. I never knew why Hawaii Five O was called Hawaii Five O. I thought that was the name of their police force. That's what I thought. Well, there you go. It's the 50th state. Now, the word of the street, of course, is if you mention Five O on a rapping record, because I'm, you know, hip as it were i'm i'm with my i'm with my crew i uh know these things you know don't diss me your chief proper shanty man um five o of course is rapping slang for the police department based on hawaii five o hawaii of course is famous for having the celebration hulaween on the 31st of october <laughs> and apparently if a hawaiian girl is not in bed by 10 p.m she'll go home is what i'm led to believe <laughs> 50 is the number of rings required to transform Sonic the Hedgehog into his Sonic form. Apparently, scientists in Japan have crossed a hedgehog with a giraffe and have now made a six-foot toothbrush. Julia Roberts has, in fact, made inquiries. In the 1994 action movie Speed, Keanu Reeves must save civilians on a bus from being blown up. If the speed drops below 50 miles an hour i don't know if you saw this but last week actor keanu reeves actually woke up at 4 a.m in the morning to find a stalker lounging in the library of his los angeles home and i just can't believe that i think that's crazy keanu reeves has a library that's outrageous (laughs) that's madness absolute madness i like reading out the mailbag every week it's positively bursting this week this is always good fun if you post fabulous comments on our Facebook site, if you send me emails, I will read them out. Of course, if they're nice. I can't read out the ones my mother sends me. They're terrible. <laughs> Jonas in Anaheim, California, posted on Facebook, Love this show. I work overnight and I catch it on Dark Matter Digital Network during my lunch break. It makes the last day of my work week enjoyable. Thank you all for bringing smiles and laughs to my face every week he then goes on to say that he's now found himself saying squirrel very differently (laughs) not differently jonas just the right way i think you'll Uh, find (laughs) ben from ontario canada hi to all of our canada listeners has written thank you thank you thank you love the show speaking of canada who would win a fight to the death between celine dion and shania twain of course the answer is we all would (laughs) (laughs) Kiefer from liverpool says hi aid i listen to you all the time but usually the repeats on tuning radio i often wonder how you get away so well with our british humor over 
in the US. Well, I am getting away with it, so just don't tell anyone. I'll give you an example of the jokes I'm getting away with over here. Americans don't get any of our humour, of course, and uh, Greg Kim and Heather often sit around this table looking at me blankly. I'll give you an example of this, okay? Two nuns in a bath. One says to the other one, where's the soap? And the other one says, yes, it does, doesn't it? See nothing. Not a Twitter. (laughs) Not a clue. I'll give you 10 minutes to work it out. If you find the answer to that, you can write to me on my Facebook site or via email. Stephen has posted on Facebook, Paranormal Quiz Show. I listen to and love the show, and there seems to be precious little quiz show. (laughs) (laughs) If any, (laughs) I'm giving away and taking away points on a regular basis. This is where we are. Patrick has commented, loving the show on Dark Matter Radio. Adrian, you have me in tears at certain points of the show because I'm laughing so hard. He goes, ding, one point for me. So, Patrick, you are on one point and you're in the lead at the moment. He goes on to say, thank you for creating such a quality, entertaining show. Your format is revolutionary, to say the least. I thought a revolutionary idea is when we raise a people's army against the state, but that could be just me. (laughs) Finally, (laughs) C.F. Elliott posted, your show makes me laugh and go mental. Love to you and the rest of your crew. So thank you for those. If you wish to write to me, you can do so by joining our Facebook site, more questions and answers with adrian lee now on tuesday it is the first of march this gives me an ideal opportunity to discuss all fabulous things and all fascinating facts to do with march in the roman calendar the first of march was considered to be the first day of the new year wasn't january the first it was march the first which makes sense because if spring's arriving you know you would think that would bring in herald in a new year but apparently does anyone know when this changed? When did we stop thinking? The Gregorian calendar. Well, you say that, and you would think that's very early because you're talking about Pope Gregory at that point, mm-hmm. six, seven, eight hundred AD, somewhere around there. 1752. Up until in 1751, oh. our great, 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 great grandparents were celebrating the new year on the 1st of March. That's not that long mm. ago, is it? I find that remarkable. These things shock me question is did they have a really long year before that or was it a really short one well i'll have to use my psychic skills and we'll find out this is where we are <laughs> it was originally named martius there we go i'm going to get the pronunciation right it was named martius after mars the god of war a march starts on exactly the same day of the year of the week november starts on so if november starts on a tuesday march will start on a tuesday do you see what that is Hmm. I've done some research on March also sees the National Women's History Month, America Red Cross Month, National Old Stuff Day. On the 5th of March, it's the National Multiple Personalities Day. On the 18th of March, it's National Supreme Sacrifice Day. I was hoping we could perhaps combine all of these together and have sacrifice an old cross bipolar American woman day. Or uh, getting a divorce, as we call it in Europe. <laughs> That's controversial. They're not going to. They'll not put that out. That'll be edited out. They won't put that in. Heather. And one more thing about March. Isn't March when you do like in grade school, in like a lion, out like a lamb, or something like that? Is that March first? I have absolutely no idea. Well, while you're doing that, of course, we're studying French, German, and chemistry. But I don't know what you're doing over here. Well, we're doing in like a lion, out like a lamb. That's what we're doing. Isn't there something along the lines of on the 1st of March, you have to wake up and the first thing you have to say is like white rabbits three times in a row? 
Or was I just told that by my mother? No, we were I studying. Think that was your mother. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I think what Heather is actually referring to so is like a- that. April showers bring May flowers. The March is in like a lion, out like a lamb. Okay. Or vice versa. Right. I've I've not been in like a lamb or a lion recently, but I'm just I'm just a knowing that you're on minus three is where we you're are. You're bad. Not as bad as your jokes, madam. I'd be lying if I said they were funny. That's terrible. <laughs> There's a show in here trying to get out. I have a story in the first round of Ghosts and Hauntings. It says, Sinister image of a ghost is revealed in disused cinema after photo taken in dark was artificially lightened. This is the spooky image of a spirit taken after a group of ghost hunters set a trap to catch the sinister being on camera. The picture shows what appears to be the figure of a man dressed in a purple coat at an abandoned theatre. Prince's career isn't going very well, is it? (laughs) It was taken in the disused upstairs of the region in Blackpool by a group dubbed the Ghost Followers, who scour the northwest for signs of ghostly goings-on. This picture was taken as the team spent five hours in the abandoned cinema after rigging it with electrical magnetic field meters. It first appeared there was just a light in the frame, but when the group lightened it to use computer software, they discovered the creepy figure, which looked like it was fleeing the building. Gemma Findlow, who founded the group, said there was absolutely no one there when the image was taken. She added, we found a very dark spirit. We had some very sensitive guests with us, mediums and psychics, and they complained about feeling sick and trapped. It's just a gut feeling, really. A sick trap feeling in your gut. Surely more fibre is the way to go. The way, way to go. <laughs> uh, <laughs> there was absolutely nobody there. We checked with the guests and there was nobody wearing a long black coat. Now it's a long black coat. Started out being a long purple coat. You've seen the holes in this story. Mm-hmm. We've, never, we've never had a boring investigation, but this is the first time we have ever caught something on camera. The Regent Picture House was built in 1921 before it was converted into what it is today, an antiques and crafts hall. As well as using the meters and taking the pictures, the group took part in traditional forms of ghost hunting, using a Ouija board, table tipping, where the spirits asked to make a table fall over, and the human pendulum, where ghosts are asked to communicate by touching or pushing people. If you wish to see the photograph of Prince in concert without anyone in the auditorium, you can go to our Facebook site, More Questions and Answers, with Adrian Lee, and it's there for you in glorious Technicolor. If you wish to contact me at any time during tonight's show, if you have any questions, if you wish to send us stories, you can also do so on my Twitter account, Adrian underscore Lee underscore tips. That's T-I-P-S for the International paranormal society and remember we have an archive if you go to soundcloud.com and type in mqta radio you will find all of our shows for the last three years and you can upload and listen to those as well we also have a youtube site more questions and answers with adrian lee if you go onto youtube you will find us on there and remember i have a book out at the moment called mysterious minnesota digging up the ghostly past at 13 haunted sites i shall give myself points for opening the show in such a fabulous manner he marked down minus two (laughs) yes we'll just add another line to that and make that a plus I was thought I was writing your score down and I got confused. Thank you for highlighting that. If you'd have kept quiet, 
Oh, I'd I now know. have minus two. I've mm. now made that a plus by putting a vertical line through it. So oh, well, we're whatever. now into positive integers. What have you got for me tonight in the round of ghosts and hauntings? And you are on minus three at the moment, so you have points to How'd be made. How'd that up. happen? They were being lippy in the opening oh, section well. of the show, I believe. But, uh, <laughs> well, I've got a ghostly monk has been filmed at an old abandoned church. Again! Another monk. Is it a, Another is monk. He, is he black this time or grey? I or think white? so. Okay. Yeah. Two paranormal investigators recorded a strange figure during a visit to a church in Clophill, England. Oh, man. I used to live... In Clophill? Two miles from Clophill. Yeah? I know exactly where that is, and I wonder... If that's the paranormal team I used to be on to back in Britain. Well, let's see if you know them. Okay. I wonder if they were able to communicate with the monk. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. 48-year-old Dean Johnson. He doesn't look 48. Okay. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know a Dean Johnson. <laughs> and though. his partner, Charlie. Don't know Charlie. Okay. Had traveled to the ruins of Old St. Mary's Church. Do you yeah, know where that's I know, at? I know exactly okay. where that is. They've they, done episodes of uh, TV shows there. I think Most Haunted have been there, and there's been a few other bits and pieces. But it's, yeah, that's a couple of miles from where I used to live, yeah. Okay. Well, earlier this month, in a hope of capturing something paranormal, they brought a camera. We had been standing on the public road outside the church for 10 minutes, and my partner Charlie was testing the camera on his phone, said Dean. When Charlie looked back at his camera footage, there appeared to be a black hooded monk walking across the archway. The pair remain adamant that nobody else has been there at the time, and upon further investigation, they discovered that the tower was locked, meaning that the figure would have had nowhere to go. And we've had a story similar to this in the past, we where have. the tower has been locked and they've mm-hmm. seen monks I'm wondering if a, a black monk is a Benedictine monk, because their habits were different colors depending on what nomination. What type of habits did they have? Bad habits. They're like well. biting nails. Yeah, and, that sort of thing. Right. Okay. Out there is picking their toes <laughs> at the dinner table, <laughs> flatulation whilst watching the television, just a whole string of terrible, terrible things. <laughs> well, apparently, in 19- not listening, oh. paying attention to anyone, ignoring the wife who's saying you need to take out the trash, you never listen to me, oh. that kind of thing. Are you right. coming to bed? Staying up late, eating pickled onions before you go Put to bed. Put your habit away tonight, didn't That's you? Just, yeah, the, you're just the hooded leaving, thing, leaving yeah. it on the floor. Anyone can mm. trip over it. Apparently in the 1960s, there were a number of satanic rituals at the church. Did you know that? It's mm. all made up. It's all made. Satanic rituals in a church. Well, apparently people were digging up bones and arranging them in satanic patterns, said Charlie. We've traveled the length of Britain looking for evidence of ghosts, but this is the best evidence we've had so far. Good old Johnny Monk. Fabulous. Yes. I shall give you points. Yay. Points. You are now. I'll points. Give, I'll give you two and you bring you up to minus one. Yay. How would that be? I have a story that says family at war over missing £25,000. That's about $35,000 after Ouija ball tells woman her sister stole money from their dead dad. One woman was convinced her half-sister was guilty of stealing $35,000 just hours after their father had died. The family were at war on the Jeremy Carl show. This is our equivalent of Jerry Springer. Sweet. If this gives you an idea. Do they fight on there and everything? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, they have the bodyguards. Fisticuffs. Yeah, there's uh, shenanigans takes place for sure. It says, because Lizzie said she had received three separate messages from three different psychics using the Ouija board, telling Karen was the culprit. If you're a psychic, I don't understand why you'd need to use a Ouija board. Why would you need to do that? Because the spirit... 
is coming through you to operate the planchette, yeah? Mm-hmm. Well, if you're a psychic and they're coming through you, why can't they just tell you? Why can't they just talk to you? I don't understand why a psychic would need to use a Ouija board. You use a Ouija board if you're not psychic. Do you see what I mean? Because you're not going to get the message any other way. And I'm not advocating that, obviously. <laughs> if you've listened to our previous shows, I'm not going to go over Ouija boards and why you shouldn't use them. Just need to listen to our archives, to be honest. But I find that very strange. She said no one could no longer ignore the messages from the spirit world and wanted everyone to take a lie detector to find out where the missing money was. To me, that means you're guilty. And you had no right to do that, Lizzie told her sibling. But Karen, who couldn't do a lie detector test because of medical reasons. What's that? Yes, she suffers with pathological liar syndrome, apparently. (laughs) Karen waved around the letters as she tried to explain to her sister, if I had the money, I wouldn't be in debt. I've got proof I'm in debt, she says. Uh Again, asked by Jeremy whether she believed Karen had stolen the money. Lizzie said, yes, I do. So you've got two sisters arguing because a Ouija board has told one sister three times through three different mediums that her sister's stolen. Three different Ouija's? Dad's money, apparently. And uh, he hid hidden it in the attic, apparently, which is always a good place to hide $35,000. Karen's son, Jonathan, admitted that he knew where the money was. Gee, I wonder who took it then. Because his grandfather had confided in him. I didn't root around. My granddad already told me about it three days before he died. He told me where the money was. Tell me, where's the money? Where's the money? Lizzie and her brother Thomas were livid and blasted them for visiting the house. He wasn't even cold. Within hours of you round there, rooting around in the loft. The lie detector test, however, was not on the side of the psychics this time as everybody passed. Hmm. No one took the money. So three psychics using three different Ouija boards have split this family up and they're now arguing amongst themselves and How fighting. How much do you know about lie detectors? Very, what are you suggesting, Kim? What if I said <laughs> I know absolutely everything there is to know about lie detectors in all graphic detail? <laughs> well, the thing of it is, is a lie detector can prove you guilty, but it cannot prove you innocent. Okay. I'm confused by that, and I need to lie down in a dark room to think about it for 10 minutes. (laughs) By the way, I think you're looking great tonight. I don't know if you've done your hair or it's your blouse, but you look really (laughs) fabulous, Kim. (laughs) Is it not true that if a Ouija board has said three times that somebody specifically took the money and it split the family up and they're arguing and that they're at each other's throats, what does that say to you about the Ouija board and how that works? Because the lie detector test came through and said that none of them had taken the money. They all passed. But the Ouija board split the family up and has caused them to fight with one another. What does that indicate to you? What does that suggest? Therapy. (laughs) Well, not quite the answer I was looking for. (laughs) Well, it's the stirring up trouble that Ouija boards always do. Absolutely. You can't trust it. You've got the the devil's minions, the fallen angels, creating disharmony and creating argument and conflict when there's none there. Mm -hmm. And they've delivered it via the Ouija board. It just goes to show that you shouldn't be listening to them and that they're tools that you should not be using. I just found that very, very interesting. Kim, what have you got for me tonight in your lovely hair and smashing blouse? (laughs) Ghost tales surround historic Nigerian house. The world-famous first-story house in Badagri has seen its fair share of ghost stories in recent years. The house's construction was initiated back in 1842 by early missionaries and was completed three years later in 1845. The building would go on to serve numerous functions over the next 150 years and was a place of settlement for returnee slaves as well as being a school and a vicarage. 
These days, the house, which is situated a short distance from the local museum, has become a popular tourist attraction with so many people going in and out of the building. It is no surprise that it has also become something of a hotspot for tales of a rather more paranormal nature. Among the ghost stories reported by visitors to the house are accounts of otherworldly sounds heard within its rooms, especially at night when the sounds of slaves yanking at their chains have been heard, as well as the haunting tones of the missionaries singing gloriously in the darkness. We need to get over to Nigeria. Everything happens in this country. This is a very, very kind of witchcrafty, kind of spooky, Halloween, mm-hmm. they believe in ghost type country, isn't it? Mm-hmm. We'd never get into that country with a case of all our equipment. If when we tried to get in, they'd think we were spying or up to some such thing. But uh, it would be fun to go to these countries. Uh, some visitors are even claiming to have seen apparitions, either of Reverend Henry Townsend, who laid the building's foundations, or Samuel Crowther, the bishop who translated the Holy Bible from English to Yoruba while staying at that house. That's impressive. Sightings of ghostly missionaries wandering the building's halls have also been reported. Whether there really is anything supernatural going on there, however, remains a mystery. If we went to investigate a place like that, this is a country where they're burning people for witchcraft. This is where they're chasing albino, albino kids, you know, and trying to take their body parts due to making spells and so forth. Yeah. So it would be a very dangerous, a very dangerous country to investigate, but that would be fun. I, I think, <laughs> obviously, I'm going on my own then, I'm guessing. Living on the edge. I'm almost fluent in Yoruba, though, so that does help. I've had rutabagas before. You've had what? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you've had a Winnie Bago. Where was I when that took place? What does having a Winnie Bago entail? Can you come out of there? I'm desperate to have a Winnie Bago. You've been in there 10 minutes. Isn't no. that a wind? Isn't Winnebago wind? Is that a name know. given to a wind? I've been suffering with a bit of Winnebago ever since I had that chili. It's been terrible. <laughs> Quite to do it's been. I've lost all my friends and my family. It's a terrible thing. What did you say? Rutabaga. Rutabaga. It's, clo- it's close to Winnebago. You yeah, know, that's whatever. an old 1950s car, isn't it? <laughs> a rutabaga? Yeah, I'm sure my dad had one. He had an old rutabaga, a 1953 rutabaga. He had like that bull nose front on it. I'm sure of it. What have you got for me in the round of ghosts and hauntings? You're trying to get more points, aren't you? I am. Okay, you're a minus one. I this have... is a quiz show, I tell you. I'm giving away points. Amazon software adds zombie invasion clause. Yay! <laughs> software adds zombie invasion clause. <laughs> yeah, it's in there. The internet giant has added a rather unusual clause to the small print of one of its latest products. Like a Santa Claus. (laughs) (laughs) I love this show. Uh, In a peculiar move that hopefully doesn't mean that Amazon knows something that we don't, the company has decided that adding an exemption clause to cover the possibility of a zombie apocalypse is a necessary step during the release of its new game engine software. They've only put this in because they've seen the mail workers that delivers all the Amazon packages. I work for the post office. (laughs) Are you saying I look like a zombie? No, I think you're full of beans and raring to go. You never had so much colour in your cheeks, madam. (laughs) You're going to have some colour in your cheeks later. Minus one. (laughs) (laughs) The terms and conditions document, which all users are expected to agree to before using the product, features a statement indicating that it is not permissible to use the software to build life-critical or safety-critical systems unless the world has been taken over by flesh-eating zombies. They've had to pay someone to put this in. Someone's wasted an afternoon's worth of work. Yes. 
Nobody ever reads those. Nobody ever reads them. That's probably why. Maybe they want to see if they'll start That's reading them now. That's what I would guess. Do you know when you get on the back of uh, soda cans, you know, it has all the ingredients. Uh-huh. It'd be great just to put random things in there like unicorn hair and, you know. Guts. Magic mushrooms and just weird, made up, you know, bizarre things to see if anyone actually reads them. Yes. I actually hear that there are stars out there that put weird and obscure things in their contract to see if the venues actually read their contract. Like, I want all green M&Ms. I think or that's exactly what Van Halen did. They yeah. said they wanted M&Ms, but they wanted a certain colour removed. It wasn't because they were being prissy and had an ego. Right. They wanted to see if anyone had actually read mm-hmm. the contract. That's what I'd heard. It might be an I've urban legend. Well. but I'd have puppies. I want lots of puppies. <laughs> I don't care what colour they are. I don't mind if I get a red one. I just, you know. <laughs> Poppies or puppies? Puppies. Okay. <laughs> What's wrong with you? Somebody brings a batch of flowers and you were expecting waggling tails. You can't eat a poppy. <laughs> this restriction will not apply in the event of the occurrence certified by the United States Centers for Disease Control or successor body of a widespread viral infection transmitted via bites or contact with bodily fluids that causes human corpses to reanimate and seek to consume living human flesh, blood, brain, or nerve tissue and is likely to result in the fall of organized civilization do they know they can split clauses in a sentence with semicolons and punctuation that was a whole paragraph you said body fluids i did (laughs) (laughs) give us a natural let's hope that nobody will ever need to put this particular loophole to the test no we're not putting any loopholes to the test on this show (laughs) i have one more story in the round that just keeps dragging on going on we used to get through this round in 10 minutes and we was onto the strange and bizarre. And all in and out. In and out. But now we're dragging it out. Old age, I blame. Seems yeah. to take longer, doesn't it? It's zombies. When we started this show three years ago, the round of ghosts and hauntings. It's lucky I'm not talking all the way through this. I'm making this round longer, right? Mm-hmm. Heartbreaking moment. Dead child's ghost sends balloon to comfort sobbing mother during wake. Don't believe it. It's a trip. Well, I'll leave it there then. <laughs> we're now into the round of UFOs and cryptozoology. <laughs> It's a truly heartbreaking scene as a woman tries to come to terms with the death of her child at its funeral. And this footage has sparked a debate online, thanks to this balloon which appears to offer her a message of comfort from beyond the grave. At first, the balloon floats away from a small white coffin which is sitting on the altar. It slowly meanders over to the woman who is crying while sitting down. The balloon then suddenly stops and appears to be attracted to her. Rather than continuing to float, it actually stays for at least 20 seconds before the woman sits up and takes notice. She eventually cuddles the balloon as if she's drawn to a paranormal experience. Taken in Mexico, the footage has sparked a debate amongst those who've watched the clip on YouTube. One user said, What times we live in? A mother is comforted by an invisible force, and what matters the most is that it was recorded in a funeral we've discussed this haven't we about the fact that people are sat there now videoing things mm-hmm. and not actually getting in there to save their kids or to to help poor grandma who set her bloomers on fire with the birthday candles right you know this woman sat on her own at her child's funeral sobbing her heart out and someone's sitting there filming her rather than just putting an arm around her it makes me wonder where humanity's going whilst another said that they believe the balloon is actually a demon trying to trick the woman. Apparently, she never touched granddad's money, never even went into the attic. There we go. That brings to a conclusion the round that is, thank 
God. Ghosts and hauntings. We now take our laser pen, our bongos, and we sit in the cornfield looking up at the skies in the mountains somewhere over Washington saying, here I am, come and get me. This is the round of UFOs and cryptozoology. I have a story here in the UFO section that says, first footage of UFO shot down by Indian fighter jet after it triggered radar alert. I believe this is the only Indian fighter jet that they have. I think they made it out of a kit and bought some second-hand parts, I believe. This is, when it says it was shot down by an Indian fighter plane, I believe this is the Indian Air Force. (laughs) I flew to Goa many, many years ago, and you can only get into Goa Airport on a Tuesday and a Friday because for the rest of the week it belongs to the Indian Air Force. The one plane? Yeah, but they're doing things with balloons as well, apparently. This is the first footage which has emerged after an Indian fighter jet was scrambled to shoot down a UFO after it set off the radar. Welcome to Earth. The balloon-shaped object was hit by the Indian Air Force's SU-30 after it was spotted close to the country's border with Pakistan. Defence Minister Mr Parikar said, Our radars picked up a shiny flying object entering Indian airspace. A fighter jet was quickly scrambled, which intercepted it and shot it down. The sound of the explosion could be heard in a radius of up to eight miles. Government sources suspected the floating device may have contained a bomb, but no such device was found in the debris. This is the Pakistanis using its up-to-date modern warfare equipment, the Air Force. This is their bomb balloon squadron, apparently. Particularly devastating at funerals in Mexico, I believe. Five solid metal triangles were recovered amongst the wreckage and have added to the mystery. This would be the missile fragments, I'm guessing. Some commentators suspect the object was a weather balloon, but officials are still investigating. Indians have now retaliated by sending over an advanced flower that squirts water when you sniff it. Heather, (laughs) what have you got for me in the round of UFOs and cryptozoology? I have strange foam-like clouds with candy floss texture fall from the sky and conspiracy theorists are having a field day. This is manna from heaven. Yeah. Exodus, the Bible. They got fed, didn't they? Candy floss fell from the heavens and they ate it. Yeah. I'm led to believe. Okay. Your mother was there, but I don't recall. (laughs) (laughs) That was your dream from last night. What, with your mother? (laughs) And candy floss. Yes. I'll be going to bed again as soon as the show's finished. Your dad Uh, was filming it. (laughs) Conspiracy theorists and sky watchers are debating the cause of bizarre foam clouds that have been filmed falling from the sky in Morocco. A video showing a strange white substance settling across the coastal region of Dukala has quickly gone viral amassing thousands of views. So far, explanations have included everything from alien intervention to government weather manipulation and naturally occurring sea foam. This is the Pakistani government sending over fair food. They're going to send over, you know, corn dogs next. Well, why can't they come here? One of them hits you on the head all the way from Pakistan. You could have an eye out. A corn dog? Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Stop waving that in my face. (laughs) 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 the clip shows a man wandering through the spooky formation which up close looks similar to candy floss spiders webs yeah spiders walking around in audible wonder he grabs a handful of the stuff which clings to his arm like spider's web Mm -hmm. like 
spider soap. It wasn't spider soap. Well, there's places in Brazil and Australia where this stuff ranged from the sky with spiders attached to it. Ew. I know, it's pretty grim. You're going to need an umbrella or some sort of protection. At one point, a huge bubble is blown upright by the wind and rolls across the road. Clouds cannot plunge off the sky and settle on the ground, the blog says. I've seen them all over Britain. They've got lots of little legs and they go, And I've seen Uh, them driving around. Yeah, I saw a couple wearing a bikini. (laughs) what's wrong with you if a cat wore a bikini would it have to have like four pairs because they've got eight nipples so if a cat why do you keep bringing this up you're obsessed it was a very boring sunday afternoon i'm (laughs) just saying if a cat wore a bikini is it going to be wearing four sets of tops do you know when bugs bunny dressed up as a woman yeah well how many nipples has a rabbit got surely it needs more than one set of bra or top you're overthinking this okay i just just haven't done done the research is what i'm saying (laughs) warner brothers have not done the research i'm convinced a rabbit has more than two nipples so when they're doing bugs bunny file a grievance i'm gonna look into it i think someone should outline it there's kids growing up thinking that rabbits only have two nipples based on the bugs bunny cartoons i did fancy bugs bunny by the way when he dressed as a woman Okay. What else have you got for me? <laughs> okay. Are these clouds another proof of geoengineering and weather manipulation? Another viewer jokingly claimed it was Terrigen Miss, a mutagen from the Marvel Comics universe. Wow. Some viewers suggested it was in fact sea foam, while another said it was a Spume. result of Seafoam. untreated sewage. I'm sure. And he's yeah. eating it. And that the man was best advised not to touch the stuff if it's morocco it probably is untreated sewage did you know sea spray is called spume there was many times i'd be at the seaside with my grandmother and she'd be absolutely covered in spume from top to bottom be everywhere when the wind picks up you can get covered in spume from top to bottom it's everywhere i killed a rabbit once by feeding it the wrong food i went out one morning and i gave it marmalade on toast the next morning i went out there and it had egg on toast third morning i went out there i had jello on toast bit of jam Apparently died of mixing with toasties. I have another story here in the UFO round. It says, does this footage show Bigfoot <laughs> stalking a nature photographer? I've got time. I'm here all day. Ugh. Stalking a nature photographer through the forest. Could this bizarre footage show Bigfoot stalking a walker through the woods? The video taken in Payson Canyon, Utah, has set the web alight after being posted on the Paranormal Review YouTube channel. Apparently filmed in the spring of 2015, the film shows a hairy, dark creature coming in and out of view amongst the trees. This was filmed in Utah, so I'm suggesting this is a resident, maybe? Mm -hmm. The person who filmed the footage initially reluctant to share the video for fear of being mocked. The video maker captures the distant figure as it moves, walking similarly to a human upright on two legs. It stands up on two legs like a human, but also appears to be hairy and ape-like. It then walked into Walmart and looked for a cart. The film zooms in and out, I made that up, (laughs) as the creature's legs begin to become more visible through the foliage. One YouTube user wrote, if this was a planned hoax, there would have been a better glimpse of the creature. The camera would have been positioned so it wouldn't be so curiously stumbling around so much to get a better view, as if to be sure of what it was seeing. Many people have mocked the video online. Luckily, no one has yet mocked it live on the radio. (laughs) Is that the end of the round? Do we have more stories? Kim, you have a story for me in the round of UFOs and cryptozoology. Man is killed by meteor impact, meteorite impact in India. 
It was a balloon. It wasn't a meteorite. <laughs> it came out of it the was sky. A it was the missile that had to come down. Yes. <laughs> we didn't find any evidence of the balloon, but here's some missile fragments. And a corn dog. <laughs> Hurrah. A bus driver has been walking along the street when a chunk of rock fell from the sky and killed him. Well, that's funny now. You didn't tell us that when we were cracking jokes, Kim. You're making us look bad. It was funny 30 seconds ago. That's that, Chicken Little is what that is. That's died. <laughs> what, Mr. Chicken Little no, to you? Yeah, the sky is falling. The sky, no. Oh, I thought you were saying his name was Sunil Chicken Little. No. Oh, he's Indian. <laughs> I thought that was his name. I thought it said Patel. No. My bad. <laughs> the unsuspecting victim had been at a Southern College campus in Valor on Saturday when the rock plummeted from the heavens and struck the ground, killing him and injuring three others. Is he from Valor, did you say? Yes. That's what's on the seat of my dad's car. A I meteorite? Think, no, Valor. <laughs> no, Mr. Mr. Chicken Little. Mr. Chicken Little. Mr. Chicken Little mm-hmm. owes the news agency at the end of my road. Mr. Sunil Chicken Little. Uh, The impact, which was initially reported as a bomb explosion, threw the man high in the air and caused damage to several nearby vehicles and buildings. A fragment of the offending space rock was later found in a two-foot-deep crater nearby. A mishap occurred yesterday when a meteorite fell in the campus of a private engineering college in Valores District's K, Pantheropali Village. Wow, there's points just for that, Kim. (laughs) If you say it again without tripping up, I'll give you two points. Uh, Valori District's K, Pantheropali Village. No one likes a smart-ass, do they? <laughs> I'll take them back again. Don't worry, listeners. Uh, that was according to Chief Minister Jayala Litha. I have <laughs> You're four- making it up! <laughs> no, I'm not. You're seeing how much you can get past me without me stepping in. You've already tried to get away with Mr. Chicken Little. I don't believe it. <laughs> he says, I have ordered the Valori District Administration and hospital officials to provide them the best treatment. Well, I would hope so. Uh, the fatality is believed to be the first time anyone has ever been killed by a falling meteorite. Or a hot dog. Now, a um, falling meteorite, are they sure it was a meteorite? Yeah, what are you hasn't, suggesting? Hasn't people been hit by falling um, debris from um, planes? Oh, <laughs> blue ice, I think we're calling yes. it, aren't we? <laughs> A nice bit of blue ice. Hits You've you heard of head. that before, yeah, though, yeah? You sat there having your dinner on a Sunday afternoon, and suddenly your house gets wrecked because someone's flushed a toilet at 30,000 feet from a DC-10. I know I should have gone with the pasta and not the chicken. Someone's house gets demolished three miles later. That's right. Wasn't there a film called Blue Ice that had, like... Kurt I don't Doug- yeah, there was. know about that, but... Who's the woman that's married? Catherine Zeta-Jones. Is it Douglas? What's the Michael? Kirk Douglas? Kirk Douglas was in a film called... I'm or Michael sh- Douglas. Michael Douglas. She's not married to Kirk Douglas. He's 99 or 110. <laughs> they could or- be. They're both the same. This is... No, one's son and one's father. What are you suggesting, madam? They look the same. She's Welsh. This is true. <laughs> I have a story here. Uh, what round are we in, by the way? UFOs. You, okay, I have a mm. UFO story. Hurrah. Mysterious and eerie UFO makes an appearance near Jupiter's moon, Europa. This is the moment a UFO appears in space near the largest planet of the solar system. According to Space Watchers, this image is proof once and for all that there is alien life out there in part of space that humans haven't quite been able to reach. The footage posted by secure teams shows the images that were captured on a Canon 650D camera with a telescopic lens mounted on a tripod 
in someone's back garden. <laughs> the video shows a close-up of the image sent to the UFO watchers by Brit, Lewis Reed, who was so amazed at his find, he sent it for a second opinion. According to the film, the spacecraft comes close to Europa and looks like a corn dog, possibly coming from India. One of the planet <laughs> Jupiter's 63 moons and has never been seen in the sky until now. After spotting the unusual sight, the experts then increase the exposure and say they think it is either one giant alien structure or could be a fleet of UFOs going about their business. <laughs> going about their How business. How do they know that? If you wish to see a fleet of UFOs going about their business, you can visit our Facebook site, More Questions and Answers with Adrian Lee, where they're visiting drive-ins for fast food, picking up the kids from dance and nipping into Walmart without waxing first. Secure team are convinced there's life on Jupiter, a planet made up of gas and ice. There's life on Jupiter, but the planet's made up of gas and ice, right? They believe that there could be underwater worlds that play host to a variety of life forms. The trouble with Jupiter is it's so large, it has such a vast mass that if you'd stepped one foot on Jupiter, if it was even possible because it's a gaseous planet, you would be sucked straight into your boots and you'd end up looking like raspberry jam the nice. weight the weight of your skeleton cannot support the amount of gravitational pull there is on jupiter due to the mass you'd hear you'd step you'd go this is one giant leap for mankind and then you'd hear <laughs> and you'd end up looking like raspberry jam in your boots which isn't good news nasa and other space agencies we'd all laugh of course and go ha 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 God. Just saying, NASA haven't done the research, you see. They've just turned up, haven't done the research. They set foot on it, didn't realise. Everyone looks like an idiot. NASA and other space agencies have yet to travel as far as Jupiter in their quest for information about what happens in the solar system. But they are planning to send a probe out there. Currently, they are involved in a series of experiments on the red planet Mars and currently have their Curiosity rover beaming back images to Earth on a regular basis. If you wish to see the corn dogs and candy floss hovering around Europa as entire fleets of UFOs go about their daily business, you're more than welcome to visit our websites and our Facebook site, More Questions and Answers, with Adrian Lee. We are now into the round of the strange and the bizarre. It's the stories from around the week that are too strange, too bizarre, not to read out in any other round, but are too good not to read out live on air, Greg is on zero. I'm on four. Kim is on three. Heather's on minus one, and Patrick <laughs> is still on one. <laughs> but he's in actually third place. Remarkably enough, mm. who knew? <laughs> Heather, what have you got for me tonight in the round of the strange and the bizarre? I have a drunk monkey armed with a kitchen knife chases bar patrons. Drunk monkey. Yes. <laughs> yes. Who serves a monkey? I don't know. At some point, wouldn't you say, I'm sorry, sir, I think you've had too much. <laughs> okay, just one more. Just one more, seeing you asked. Firefighters were called to a bar in Brazil to remove a drunk and belligerent monkey that downed a glass of rum and armed itself with a kitchen knife. <laughs> Jesus. I know this story. Armed itself with a kitchen No one move. This was on, like, what, the Simpsons are... Uh, Family Put guy. Put the money in the bag and no one gets hurt. <laughs> the local fire department in Patos, Paraba, said they were called to a bar on February 5th on a report of an aggressive monkey with a kitchen knife chasing men. 
The fire department Lieutenant Colonel Saul Laurentino said the monkey drank a glass of rum at the bar before picking up a knife and chasing after men, leaving women alone. So oh. he had taste. He's an alpha male chasing them all must up. must be. I know exactly what happened there. The monkey came into the bar, sat down like a big baboon with sharp teeth. He's got a knife, right? The manager of the bar has gone to his work colleague and said, a monkey's just sat down. What are we going to do? And I bet he said to his mate, you charge it $10 a drink and uh, he won't have one. So he's gone over to the monkey and said, what are you going to have? And the monkey's going, I'll have a uh, gin and tonic, please. High class monkey. Been around the world. Gin and tonic. Shaken, not stirred. The barman's trying to strike up a conversation. He gives the monkey the drink. The monkey says, how much is that? And the barman says, that'll be $10. The monkey hands over $10. He's been saving his pennies. He's been picking them off the floor at the zoo. Mm. The barman tries to strike up a conversation, says to the monkey, we don't have many monkeys in here. The monkey says, I'm not surprised you're charging $10 a drink. I think that's what happened. <laughs> I was guaranteed. Really? Yeah. A 10-minute I think so. story for that? <laughs> <laughs> Where's really? your joke about a monkey in a bar? Okay. Come on, I'm sat waiting. So as this monkey is chasing around the bar with his knife, kitchen knife, and he got his tail caught in the fan, what did he say? Go on. It won't be long now. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> <sighs> Minus oh, so one. I'm so glad I brought this story. <laughs> it was- I love this show. I love this show. <laughs> It was a bar staff oversight that ended with the monkey drinking some rum and taking the knife, Laurentino told the website. Locals captured the video of the monkey using the kitchen knife to scratch at the bar's roof as well. He's writing his name in the bar I, with I a know. knife. I've seen it. He's a pirate monkey. For a monkey. good time call, monkey. Monkey. No. <laughs> monkey. He'll do anything for a bag of peanuts. I like the way he ordered a rum. That's exactly. If you said to me, what would a monkey order at a bar outside of a gin and tonic? I'd have said a rum. It's pirate, it's pirate drink, isn't it? <laughs> the monkey was captured by the firefighters and released back into the wild. But the mischievous primate was later captured a second time after acting aggressively towards residents of homes near the woods. Was it wild? It was livid. He didn't get a second drink. <laughs> Local authorities said they are now working to determine whether the monkey will be released again or taken into permanent custody. Poor thing. <laughs> they took his fingerprints. <laughs> Hands behind your back. <laughs> I'd feel if I was a if I was a criminal, I'd feel really aggrieved if I was, I was in a lineup. With a monkey. How did a monkey get a drink in a dang bar anyway? That's what How did the monkey get hold of a kitchen knife? He must have looked like my ex. Wow. <laughs> Don't worry, folks, that won't be going out live on air. <laughs> I just, if I was asked to be in a lineup and I looked, I, looked, I looked down the line, there's a woman standing behind some two-way glass, you know, and she's been accosted in a bar with a monkey that's drunk with a knife. No, the monkey left the women alone. I'm in a lineup. Mm-hmm. There's four other perps. See, I know all the terms. I've watched all the films. Wi-Fi, <laughs> oh, we got it. There's a monkey. <laughs> I, I'd have to start looking at how hairy I was and kind of... <laughs> It was, I can't make up my mind whether it's number two or number five. Can number five go? <laughs> Could number five please go? <laughs> it's definitely number five. Eugene. Just, you've got a name for it now, have you? 
<laughs> I'm gonna have to ask. Why this seems a very random name for a month. <laughs> it just popped in. It my just, head. Like, you've got no idea. No idea. Wow. <laughs> there are more questions than answers. Pictures in my mind. I've got a story about the body of a mystic monk. He's not wearing black and he's not oh. in a field in Clopil. Padre Pio goes on the road in a crystal coffin. The body of one of the most popular Roman Catholic saints, the mystic monk Padre Pio, has begun an overland journey in a crystal coffin to go on display in the Vatican. The Capuchin monk... Cappuccino monk. Capuchin's a monkey. I've seen it's a primate. (laughs) The Capuchin monk who died in 1968 is said by the Catholic Church to have had a stigmata. Well, I'm sorry to hear that. The bleeding wounds of Jesus at his hands and feet. His body was exhumed in 2008 in San Giovanni Rotondo, the small town in southeastern Italy, where he spent most of his life and was partially reconstructed with a lifelike silicon mask and preserved in a large temperature-controlled glass coffin so the faithful could view it. Isn't this like Snow White? Wasn't she in a glass coffin? I think mm-hmm. so. Mm-hmm. We're going to wait for a prince to come along. No, it's Sleeping Beauty. Sleeping Beauty? Oh, Yeah. Yes, I don't know my fairy tales. You don't? No. Mm-mm. I don't watch enough Sesame Street. Pope Francis <laughs> wanted the body of the man who spent most of his life hearing confessions and who was declared a saint in 2002 to be displayed in St. Peter's Basilica during the Catholic Church's current holy year on the theme of mercy. On the theme of mercy, what kind of mercy is being put in place here when they're digging up a decomposed body from its position of rest from 1968 carting it around the country for everyone to see in a really macabre kind of strange coffin-like gaze i find that remarkable i have an issue with this if you're canonized in the catholic church the first thing they do is they dig up your body they cut you up into various different parts and then they spread all your body parts all over the place you can go to an anteroom in the san duomo cathedral in siena and you can go to a little anteroom off of the main aisle, and in there's a room full of relics of saints. They've got St. Mark's finger in a jar. They've got Catherine of Siena's head in a bucket. I didn't know they did that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you go into war yeah. with a scepter, and at the head of the scepter is, a, is an artifact of a Roman saint or a saint from canonized times in the Catholic faith. And if you've got a body part, it's almost like Pokemon. You know, I've got St. Mark's finger, which obviously beats St. Luke's thigh bone, and then you swap in the parts around. So I find it very bizarre that you would canonise a saint because they did fabulous work and then you dig them up, desecrate their grave, split up all their body parts and spread them all over the world. Seems a very odd way of, you know, respecting somebody in many respects. It says, personally for me, it's a sad day, said one of the hundreds of people who turned out to see the coffin wheeled off and they had tears in their eyes. Wow, that must have spelt bad. A saint doesn't go on a pilgrimage, it's the other way around. Pilgrimages go to the saint. Common sense prevails, that is true. You don't go on a pilgrimage. The saint doesn't go on the pilgrimage. People go on a pilgrimage to the saint. You go Mm -hmm. to the place, right? This doesn't seem to be the case here. The body, along with that of another less famous saint, hasn't got a name, this one. That's a warm-up act. It is. (laughs) He's going on first to do a bit of ventriloquism. Come on, you've got a decomposing saint and you're working the jawbone. I'm not going back in the box. Shut up, St. Luke. You're going back in the box. I'm not going. I'm doing a ventriloquist act on the radio. My lips aren't moving. I swear my lips are not moving. Padre Pio was dogged during his life and even after his death by allegations that he was fake. But church investigators cleared him each and every time. Ka-ching! Ka-ching! Kim, what have you got for me in the round of the strange and the bizarre? 
An otter rescued by police turns out to be a full fur collar. <laughs> I'm sorry. Was it, did they give it a glass of milk? I mean, what's going on here? Did a handler go in with a lasso on a stick? What did you do at work today, love? Oh, I was picking up clothing out of the road with a lasso. Just a normal day. Uh, a concerned citizen in Newport, Shropshire, in England. Oh, well, that's close to Wales. <laughs> <laughs> Called police last week to report an injured otter on the side of the Is road. Is that common? We have a lot of water otters because we like do our you? tea. Yeah, we actually do. Yeah, we call them kettles. That makes a lot of water hotter. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm General some- Panagee. Look at me. I'm on fire. <laughs> I need some aspirin. <laughs> the poor creature couldn't even move. The Rheumatism. Po- <laughs> the police safer neighborhood team for the area showed up to investigate and aid the distressed critter. What they found was actually a fake fur collar from a coat. <laughs> <laughs> I can't breathe. <laughs> oh, the guy took a chair and a whip. Took him an hour to corral it into a plastic bag. <laughs> Supposing he'd have bitten him. He'd have had to have a tetanus injection. <laughs> Lee Thomas of the West Mercia Police told BBC Radio the otter was not saying or doing an awful lot, which is unusual for an injured animal. It's unusual for a fur collar and clothing. Oh. We had a scarf the other day that bit me on the arm. <laughs> he goes on to describe it as quite furry and brown. I once had a running with a cravat, if that helps. <laughs> <laughs> Most police organizations would just pick up the collar and dispose of it. Not these cops. They were feeling they named. The, I'm saying they felt his collar. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they named the fake otter Ollie and proceeded to share its life on Twitter, posting photos of it curled up on a car seat and using a laptop. This has cost thousands (laughs) and thousands of pounds of police time. And there's an old deer who's just got home with a little shopping basket and wonder where the collar's gone. Yeah, probably. Uh, Before you laugh too hard at someone mistaking a collar for an otter, it's good to know that otters have made quite a comeback. Preservation organization, the Wildlife Trust, notes that otters have been establishing themselves in busy urban centers, often becoming used to people and active in broad daylight. I saw one in a bar drinking a gin and tonic with a knife. (laughs) (laughs) Ollie the Otter's adventures became a vehicle for some Twitter public service announcements on how to handle real distressed otters. Hashtag Ollie the Full Otter would like to remind everyone if you do find an injured otter, don't approach it, but call the police or a local vet. Wow. Yeah, they're on it. <laughs> they the worried <laughs> citizen first reported the otter on February 18th. There's no word on whether Ollie will remain at the police station or if he will be adopted by a new coat. Wow. Did he say how many nipples he had? <laughs> we now move into our final round that is called Not For Your Mother. This is the round we can't read out live on air for fear of being fined or being removed if your mother's in the room you need to escort her out those that are easily offended if there's any minors knocking around it's time for bed it's cookies and biscuits and milk all round and a bedtime story no doubt heather what have you got for me tonight in the round of not for your mother and you've been warned all right i've got a woman who told jailer she was unsure of how painkillers and muscle relaxants got into her vagina they just appeared overnight Apparently, that's where they hatch from. Wow. <laughs> do, they, do they hatch? Now are we going to have this discussion Or again? was she birthing muscle <laughs> relaxants? She also found a ring and a wristwatch. Ah, oh, that's going back a ways, isn't it? 
After jailers discovered painkillers and muscle relaxants stashed in her vajayjay, a Florida woman said she was unsure of how the pills got inside her body. But now she's pregnant. I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) Dusty Ray Ingram, 38, was arrested earlier this month for violating probation terms imposed in connection with her 2013 conviction for child abuse and battery, according to court records. Wow, she's got everything going on there. I know. Ingram, whose rap sheet also includes collars for stalking, assault, and theft, was transported January 5th to Okaloosa County Jail, where a female corrections officer conducted a strip search during the intake process. I want to go to Okaloosa. You do? Why? That sounds like a fabulous name. Does it? Okaloosa. Okaloosa. That as well. Okay. They both, <laughs> they both sound like fabulous places. I bet it's wondrous. I'm sure there's lots of parties down there. During this search, the jailer discovered several pills taped up in the plastic jeweler's bag, partially exposed in the defendant's vajayjay. She also, he also found Adam Sanders' career. Oh, sorry, Adam. Um, after being read her rights, Ingram identified the pills as the painkiller Percocet and Xanaflex, a muscle relaxant. You wouldn't want to take one now, though, would you? Do you see what I'm saying? <laughs> just blow the dust off it. It catches the fluff, though. Do you not find? What? I'm just saying it catches the fluff. Oh, I gotcha. You, you know yeah. what I'm saying there? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ingram claimed to have a prescription for the medications and admitted that she knew she was not allowed to bring the pills into the jail. However, Ingram denied doing so knowingly. She didn't knowingly stash them. She brought in a phone card as well as some loose change and a couple of candies. Do you want a word that's original? Oh, I know. You want to know where you slide the credit card? Close, but no cigar. Oh, (laughs) Monica, who? She keeps the pills in her purse, and then she is unsure of how they got from her purse to her vajayjay. Her lips are sealed. She's not telling anyone. (laughs) Despite that assertion, Ingram was charged with introducing contraband into a correctional facility. Where did she get a file from? She's filed off the bars and escaped. (laughs) She is being held without bond on that felony count as well as the probation violation rap. I'm always amazed at the things that can be put there. Didn't someone smuggle a gun in once? No, she had one, and it was loaded and not on safety. Wow. I just imagine one of these big Magnum handguns. You know the ones I mean? I I don't think it it was a Glock or something. Yeah, let me imagine. (laughs) (laughs) Man can make a home in there. (laughs) Hello? Hello? Wow. I went to the West Wing and came back with an accent. Mancraft's huge 18-foot penis-shaped tree in a front garden in bid to make people laugh. A man has crafted a huge 18-foot penis. Can you imagine that, Kim? 18-foot penis. Did you say 18-inch at the beginning or 18-foot? It's feet. You don't want to make that mistake. No, you don't. (laughs) Wow. Tree surgeon Chris Bishop from Bromsgrove, Worcestershire, has spent three years pruning and shaping the 35-year-old... It takes that long? Apparently. Okay. (laughs) He can't get his arms around it. That's the trouble. It's a 25-year-old cypress tree, and it's now in a distinctive phallic shape. The bizarre tree stands proud in Chris's front garden, much to the bemusement of his neighbours. Chris, 43, said no one's commented. When I've been out in the garden, people have just looked at it. And walked past. I think it's because they're trying to work out whether it's just their dirty minds. But Chris didn't clip the phallic foliage in a bit to shock people. He just wanted to lift the mood and brighten the day. He lifted the mood. Raising a smile (laughs) and providing 
happiness. Happiness. <laughs> the I one thing, happiness. Hezo, the one thing that you need in life more than anything else is happiness. I know, I keep asking. You need happiness. <laughs> I keep asking. <laughs> Chris said, if it causes any offense, I would chop the head off. I don't want to offend anyone. I just want to make them I smile. Ch- Ow. Neighbor Emily Cooper, 45, said, to be honest with you, once you've seen one, you've seen them all. Oh, how <laughs> wrong are you, Mrs. Cooper? Another neighbour who didn't wish to be identified said him and his mates thought it was hilarious. I find it very offensive, remarks one person who walked past and commented. People in the street are pretty upset about it. But our neighbours told the council and they've done nothing. It's a massive eyesore. Chris revealed he was inspired by nature itself to create the titillating topiary. He said, I'm a tree surgeon and spend my whole time trimming other people's bushes. God. <laughs> Insert your own joke now. It already looked a bit rude, so I thought I'd give it a trim. Chris, who is single, believe it or not, no. and lives with his 17-year-old son, revealed that he plans to develop the saucy shrub and incorporate a set of testicles to complete the package. I wonder what the root ball looks like. If uh, you wish to see the giant phallic 25 foot, it's actually 18, 18 foot. Yeah, that's wishful thinking. I that's know. what guys tell us it is. It's 25 feet, but it's actually only 18. I know. I've added an, <laughs> you noticed I added an extra seven foot, right? I'm only seven foot out from the photograph. I didn't think you'd notice once the lights were off. If you wish to see... A 25-foot, <laughs> minus seven, phallic tree in Chrissy's front yard. You need to visit our Facebook site. More questions and answers with Adrian Lee before it gets removed by the FBI. Kim, what have you got for me tonight in the round of Not For Your Mother? A fossilized daddy long legs found bearing its manhood. Is it 25 uh, foot long? No. <laughs> okay, I'm not interested. <laughs> Heather's probably not either. <laughs> Anything more than a math was a waste, right? <laughs> oh, my bell's broken. Oh, there we go. Overuse. An arachnid encased in a, share, a shard of amber found in Burma died in a rather compromising position. A harvestman of the species, Holithorces grimaldi. You'll have to ask your sister if I pronounce that right. I'm sorry. I wonder what you was going to say. <laughs> it's called it was, penis. It was <laughs> pe- penis. The, the word Kim is pe- penis. Penis. Can you use that in a sentence? <laughs> yes. That color purple is exactly the same color as my penis. Oh, no. <laughs> It was Professor Plums with the lead piping in the ballroom. (laughs) Continue on, Kim. Okay, so it was discovered sporting a massive erection, a position it had been stuck in for the past 99 million years. You're going to have to blow the dust off of that. That's a significant case of blue balls. That's more than the four hours recommended time. That is. You better call your doctor. Medical advice. (laughs) What's more, the creature was so uniquely endowed that scientists declared the find a brand new family of arachnids, a move based mostly on the shape of its penis. They published their findings last week in the journal The Science of Nature. Imagine if you had a genealogy book with all your family on it, but it's only just pictures of your bits. (laughs) That'd be hilarious. Look at your great granddad. Look, he's got your mother's eye. Oh, no, no. (laughs) 
There's more. Uh, yes. The researchers used photography and 3D imaging to study the preserved harvestman, fo- focusing special attention on the penis, which extended to almost half the length of the unfortunate male's body. You say all this, but at the end of the day, it's probably like three millimetres or something. Look at the picture. I'm looking at it. It's <laughs> huge. You can put a flag on it and hang it in the yard. The erect appendage possesses a distinctively heart-shaped head and a twisted tip meant for delivering sperm to females via a hole near their mouth. A heart-shaped, oh. <laughs> a heart-shaped wow. tip, especially for Valentine's Day. Yes. What have you got me this year, sweetheart? Oh, An arachnid. There you go, oh my. Think about this, though. He died happy, right? Yes. You're See? there, all proud, ready to go, and suddenly you get covered in tree resin and you're dead. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You died happy. The female wasn't with him, though, when he was found. So where did she go? She had enough waiting around. She probably took one look at that and think, I'm off. I'm not having that. That's outrageous. (laughs) My mother warned me about you. (laughs) Don't they normally eat? I feel sorry for the female because once they've mated, she's got to eat that. It's just where we are. Female spiders eat male spiders. I don't think that you are full of bull hockey. (laughs) Bull hockey? Yeah. Or hockey. Mm-hmm. Why'd you say that? It's true. In the arachnid world. I don't believe you. Not all arachnids, just certain species. Yeah. The I'm sorry. Oh, suddenly I'm surrounded by an expert on spiders and arachnids, am I? Well, I'm thinking that there's like the Black Widow and maybe a couple others, but not all, are they? Yeah. Okay. I'm being I'm, bullied into that. I, I just, don't know. I felt sorry for the female. They've had shenanigans. She wants to go to sleep, smoke a cigarette or something. She's going to have to eat all that. That's a lot to get down. I hope she hasn't had her dinner. I'm just saying. If she's got to read the mouse spider after they've practiced a physical art. Oh, I thought you meant that she was making him a eunuch. No. She's got to eat eat all that. That's right. After they do the shenanigans. Plus his body and all the legs. The whole lot's got to (laughs) go. Yeah, I don't think that's That's going to be put in the fridge for later, isn't it? That's doggy bag. Yeah, because I think there's some spiders out there where the female lays the eggs inside the male and the male gets devoured from the inside out. Fabulous. (laughs) Isn't that great? Wow. I'm glad I've not been on any of those dates. (laughs) Heather, you can wind up the show for me tonight. Good. Can you use the word penis in a sentence, please? Yes, a tux tailored for your penis. And can you spell that? Yes. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I've got a spelling P. Uh, That's ballsy. Okay. Yeah, that's part of the title. Isn't ballsy where like one side of your face drops down and you can't pronounce? Oh, I'm sorry. Terrible. A new tuxedo designed for the male sex organ puts deboner in debonair. A tuxedo. A tux for she, your you, willy. You walk in there, you unzip your trousers and go... And you get measured put a for bow, your... T- 25 feet. <laughs> put a, 25 feet. Put a bow tie on that. Yeah. Hmm. The aptly named tux is a one-size-fits-all penis product. One-size-fits-all is already a worry for me. Why? I think there's a whole world out of there of, you know... Of not... Of cold, chilly... Medium, large, and liars. That's pretty much where yeah. we are, yeah. I think there's a whole world out there of sizes. I do know what size I am. I went into a pharmacy once and asked for some condoms, and she said, what size are you? And I said, I've absolutely no idea. And she gave me a wooden ball that had lots of different holes in it and different gauges, and I went into the back room, and I came back 10 minutes later, and she said, so what size are you? And I said, never mind the condoms, I'm taking the ball home. <laughs> 
Uh, can I continue? Go for it. I want to. <laughs> I want to go home. It's hewn from satin, and it comes with a bow tie. Created by Lilo.com, the Stockholm-based sex product company, this tuxedo for the tallywhacker stays on the shaft with the help of a band that, to quote the website, slips comfortably behind the male undercarriage. You are the first person ever yes. on radio yes. to say tuxedo tallywhacker. Yay! That sounds like a <laughs> bandit. <laughs> We've got a reward out for the Tuxedo Tallywhacker, $25,000. <laughs> Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid and the Tuxedo Tallywhacker. Sounds like a bad guy, like Bugsy Siegel would be fighting or something. Gangsters. Yeah, from Chicago. Yeah, you're from Chicago, you see. You're going to be swimming with the fishes, you see. It's a Tuxedo Tallywhacker. <laughs> The ballsy product came during a discussion about the gap between the expectations for women to dress sexy and the expectations for men, because you guys just weren't holding up. Hang on, I've got my collar stuck. (laughs) Not only is there an imbalance in those expectations, there is a huge lingerie industry to cater to it. That speaks volumes about our cultural view of the sexual roles. Men are sexual and women are sexualized. Excuse me a second, but... yes. Let me just say here, mm-hmm. if you're measuring for a tuxedo, yes, depending on what's happening at any given moment, you're going to get different measurements, aren't you? I don't know. I don't have one. I know we fitted this last week, sir, but apparently you've put four inches on on the collar. Do you see what I'm saying here? Uh... If you're going to get a suit made to measure and it says one size fits all, at some point it's either going to be too tight or it's going to be too small. Oh. So what, what do you... Is I this your concern? What, that it's too small? Or it's too... <laughs> <laughs> I don't believe it. What if I only put the first eight inches in? Oh. We'll never get this out live on air. This is going to be cut to ribbons. You're going to be hearing an edited version of this where you're going to be... And suddenly... Be, and I'll be talking... And it, it, it and that's how it's going to be. Yeah, that sounds good. And then everyone will be going... <laughs> and laughing. <laughs> so it'll, it'll go... We'll just get this practiced it'll go and then uh, four uh, inch t- with tuxedo and any d- adrian uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's the funniest joke i've ever told on radio <laughs> the 29.95 price what? might seem steep for a product that only fits six inches of a man's body Christ, only six i, I could go big- to the thrift shop and get toddler wear and put it on <laughs> That'd be far cheaper. <laughs> Look, I found a suit for a two-year-old. Whip that on and we'll be fine. Just get that tube sock out from under your bed. <laughs> <laughs> That's a basketball sock, madam. Um, customer from the Detroit Pistons. <laughs> <laughs> customer reviews on the website suggest that more than just a thumbs are sticking up for this product. A man named Bill said he felt like James Bond, but in a weird, sexy way. (laughs) And would recommend this to anyone who likes to have fun in the bedroom. Mm, And his wife's now Dr. No. Because he's he's got thunderballs. (laughs) A woman named Jack... She's got a womb with a view. (laughs) A woman named Jacqueline also had good things to say. Tuxedos on men... Are my Achilles heel, and I just had to get this for oh, my husband. Man in she a wrote, uniform. "Yes, <laughs> James Bond." We had a great laugh while using it, which is always a bonus. So you want to laugh at the tuxedo wearing thing? I wouldn't want any laughter if someone's looking at it. I don't. <laughs> I know. Trust, trust me, you, you do not want laughter at that Doesn't moment. Doesn't that kill it? And then it just falls off. 
I'm sorry. I've never had it fall off. <laughs> wow. Thompson said the tux isn't designed to be worn during sex. Oh, darn. I've lost my bow tie. Hang on. <laughs> Cufflinks. Oh, my. Didn't that woman have those in Florida? Where's my cufflinks? <laughs> it's more about setting the mood. Still, he doesn't want to dictate how dictate. any Lilo pleasure product should be or shouldn't be used. Not sure dressing up your John Thomas like James Bond is your idea of fun. Oh, no, Miss Money Fanny. <laughs> Miss Funny Fanny. That's terrible. And you can understand now why we don't do this live on air. Or on video. <laughs> or on video. <laughs> Greg, put your trousers back on. He's getting measured. <laughs> oh, my. Well, all good things come to an end. So let us look at tonight's scores. Was it me or was that an hour of complete drunken madness? Yeah, we passed around the we room. We did. This is very true. In last place, with the K2 meter and the dead battery, it's Heather, who never got off of minus How can you say that? One. I have fabulous stories. Patrick's in third place <laughs> with one point. Kim is on second place Ooh. with three points. And I am tonight's resplendent first place winner with four points. And I Rigged. win the $33,000 IR camera. I like the way Patrick has beaten Heather and Greg. <laughs> and he never even had any stories how's this even possible do not fear listener remember we are back with a whole new bunch of stories next week at the same time and i would love for you to join me for a fun and informative journey through the world of the paranormal strange intriguing bizarre and weird please tell your friends and family about the show and feel free to contact me anytime via my facebook site more questions and answers with adrian lee or you can access my twitter account at adrian underscore lee underscore tips and remember we're now going to soundcloud where all our shows are archived if you go to soundcloud.com and type in mq ta radio we're about to do another 20 to 25 minutes of the show called not for your mother the stories of the week that we can't read out live on air my gratitude and greatest thanks are extended to lorna hunter heather morris Tom drainer kim and greg gore and all at the international paranormal society int paranormal.net and all of the show sponsors including the lakes area paranormal interest group and MUFON of minnesota it just remains for me to say thank you for listening and remember be interested and interesting good night mm-hmm.